Hey everyone, welcome to What the Meta, a podcast in which I, Spencer Bing, sit down with esports industry professionals and talk with them about the work they're doing and how they got there. The aim of this podcast is to provide you with insight about getting involved in maintaining a career in the esports industry. This is going to be the third episode of What the Meta, uh, and I have my very special guest with me today who happens to be uh, someone I, I met while working with the CSL, the Collegiate Star League. He is a caster, he is a WWE aficionado, um, and a pretty darn cool guy. I'm glad you pay attention to my tweets, because WWE aficionado is like probably the key, key term for me nowadays. Is there anything you want to add to your, uh, to your uh, personal resume? You want to buff it up at all? Oh my god. Uh, whew. Um, bolstering my own ego. I have a YouTube now, so I am officially a YouTuber, and I have done that regularly. Technically, a podcaster that was supposed to be, uh, you know, part podcast, part news, and I have just been pissing away the news. Am I allowed to say? Am I allowed to, what am I allowed to say on here? You can say whatever you want. I, I've been pissing away the news. So, like, I have a full-time job outside of esports and accounting for a casino in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I was I was really determined to put news on my pod, my my YouTube. And I just don't have fun doing the news <laughs> for esports. It's an esports centric podcast, uh, but uh, it was supposed to be an esports centric, uh, you know, news YouTube. And I, I just don't care about it. I, I love podcasting so much more. I love conversing with people way more than gathering news. And I know it needs to be done. I just, I just don't have time or motivation to do it. But I have done very consistent on the podcast. So bolstering my own uh, resume here it's a uh, you know podcaster technically now and i'm actually really happy doing it which which is why i'm also happy being on a podcast so again thank you very much absolutely it's really good to have you good to chat with you again it's been a little while um yeah um but yeah i have kept track of you via you know social media via twitter and kind of just uh every once in a while it gets me back into watching some wrestling it's been a long time i grew up watching um the WWF when I could at my friend's house uh, wasn't so wasn't looked kindly on in my own home usually, but uh, I was able to sneak over to my friends and watch that. Uh, grew up in kind of a strict house, so yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, so those little flashbacks when I see your post, I'm like, oh yeah, something's and a big event's going on right now. I better tune in. It's always very exciting. Nice. I'm glad I have that effect. I uh, I do have quite the passion for wrestling, but. Yeah, man, uh, I could. That's a whole other conversation. That's that's a different kind of podcast, I'm sure. You want to talk about sports? <laughs> I have a passion for that too. So let's do whatever you want, man. Absolutely. Um, so tell me a little bit about uh, about your start in esports. Like, what was the moment where you were like, okay, um, I would like to work or like you know create some work or do something in esports? Like, what what was the moment that kind of clicked for you? Uh, we went, oh, well, like I got into, uh, you know, shout, well, what they call shout casting. I like to call commentating. I think shout casting is a terrible elitist esport term, but, uh, so I, I'm going to call it, I'm going to call it commentating because, you know, you got to join the rest of the world with what you do on a mic. So, uh, <laughs> that's no offense to your injury, by Definitely. the way, this is my personal opinion. And, uh, I have a lot of those. So, uh, yeah, um, got me interested. So. Yeah, I got into commentating. I didn't even I didn't know if I wanted to do anything with it. I just wanted to entertain people and 
I guess when I first realized that maybe it could be something uh, or at least lead to something. Cause I mean, it, it's, it's been a lot of things to me. Uh, commentating has been, and it's, it's gotten me a lot of places, but uh, you know, in this current moment of life, it's, it's, I, I've kind of like in the, in the last few months, uh, I've kind of taken a step back and did more. I've done more of this uh, uh, podcast thing and news thing and just personality sort of thing. But as far as like uh, I, I, commentating definitely got me started with everything. That was like years ago, like five or six years ago. And uh, I guess the first time I realized that maybe I could actually do something with this that would be substantial was uh, I guess my first trip over to L.A., which was my first year with CSL, because before that I was just kind of doing it for fun and wanted to entertain people, which was which was fun and entertaining to people. At least I hope I hope they didn't lie to me. And <laughs> it was nice. So uh, going over to L.A., though, and actually being like having my trip paid for and everything, I was like, oh, my God, that's actually really special. I, 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 sh- I should probably be grateful about this. So I realized uh, yeah, maybe I should maybe I could do something with that. And um, I guess for all intents and purposes, I did. I mean, I'm not a famous I don't consider myself a famous uh, commentator whatsoever by any stretch of the means. I didn't get with Riot. I, I, I help. I help. I casted a lot of their collegian, obviously. Like that's where I'm known as a collegiate League of Legends. That's where people know me. But I wouldn't consider myself famous any by stretch of the means because like I, I don't think collegian is that famous. Like the players, uh, the schools, I, I guess the schools might be more famous. And it's just schools as a whole. Like um, if you if you talk to a, um, any person outside of esports that uh, watches the news of any sort and has heard of esports and have heard of collegiate esports, they've heard of the esports scholarships that are coming out. But uh, I doubt I, I don't think it's at the point right now where they can actually name a school that actually has one, even though like Boise has it and uh, University of Missouri just got it. Um, I mean, there, there are some actually big schools that are getting esports scholarships now. So uh, that just kind of shows how. How small, I guess, um, uh, you know, collegiate esports for for I mean, just in general are. So um, I guess I kind of got big in something that nobody cares about, <laughs> which is unfortunate for me. But I'm still doing that. I mean, that's kind of what my podcast is about is just uh, putting a voice to more collegiate um, um, you know, people in the collegiate scene, I guess, and, you know, talking to them, getting their personality, their opinion out there and, you know, their experiences too, because there's a lot that went into building that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I, I, I've, I've commented, I've commented a lot in, uh, in collegiate esports all across the United States, um, California, Pennsylvania, Missouri, uh, even Texas, uh, DreamHack. That was awesome. I, I cast it at DreamHack, commentator at DreamHack. Uh, that was, that was incredible. So, uh, the very first time I actually got like five or like I said, five or six years ago, that was the uh, when when someone like a company that was Collegiate Star League and Riot they were they were all working together to help build this. When they actually flew me out there, and I didn't have to pay for the flight or hotel. That's that that was like really that was really special to me, and I realized that maybe I shouldn't take this for granted, and I should try to do something with it. And uh, yeah, that that's that that was what that was where I realized, yeah. Yeah, let's let's do this, Josh. And that's my wife. My wife was also very supportive of me too, so that helped a whole lot too. Like without her support, I probably wouldn't be able to do any of that. I mean, there's a lot of pushback with people outside of esports that, like, relationship-wise, you see about that. Um, you see that a lot in like professional uh, players. They get girlfriends, and sometimes they don't really like them playing video games a lot. Um, bless my wife's heart. I don't. I, I <laughs> she likes seeing me happy, but I'm, I know it was it was annoying to her sometimes. 
but uh yeah she supported me and it helped a lot you touched a little bit on uh on the collegiate esports scene and i think that uh specifically for this uh episode i think people will be very interested to hear more about uh the growth of the college scene um i've noticed there's a lot of i've been doing some job searching myself uh recently and the a ton of jobs are showing up for like head coach positions and um, team manager positions and stuff like that. Now I'm curious from, from your perspective uh, and from what you've seen uh, in kind of like from the casting, casting side, commentating side of things, um, what have you seen from teams to, what kind of defines like a successful team in the collegiate scene versus a, um, you know, maybe like a mediocre or like a, a poor team uh, in the collegiate scene? Like what, what are some things that you think might um, for this role specifically, for like either management or uh, or like a coaching role, what do you think are some some traits that really stand uh, set candidates aside? Well, actually, caring about your students is like super important. So some of the best teams that I've seen have uh, just an incredible infrastructure, and it helps that they well, like that again. Scholarships are starting to be more of a thing, but there are some schools that are still doing really well that don't have uh, scholarships uh, specifically available to them. Uh, but I guess I guess I'll start with ones that actually do have scholarships. So I'm going to go with uh, um, I'm going to talk about Maryville University, which uh, they are the re- most recent champions. They're two time champions. They're not back to back. They uh, they won a championship. I think lost the next year. Then they won their uh, won the collegiate championship this year. They have an incredible infrastructure and a, uh, a director that actually like really really gives a crap about their students. Uh, Clerky, he's like. He's kind of like, I, I, like he has like a dad to them, and it's it it really shows whenever he's around their around the students, around the players, and around the other staff. Uh, so the thing is, is that uh, some of the staff, like they don't, they're they're. I mean, yeah, you're seeing people like schools, rather hire people that are. Uh, they don't have to be students to actually work there. They just have to be professionals. Like um, Harrisburg University, they just got ex special as a as a coach, which he was a professional player. So that kind of shows how much. Um, how much I guess drawing power or how much of a actual real life um, career uh, in collegiate esports there is because X special was a professional player for years and he's not anymore because he's a coach for a collegiate team that in, in, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, I don't know if you've ever been there, but it is like, it's like, it's like four blocks. Like that's all, that's all Harrisburg is. It's like, it's like capital of Pennsylvania. And it's like this, one of the tiniest places I've ever seen. So I was like Columbia, Missouri, like that. I don't know. And Columbia, Missouri has university of Missouri, like right down the street. So like that is that, like, I think that I'm pr- <laughs> don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure the, <laughs> it's, it seems like the entire enrollment of uh, university of Missouri has more students than the population of, of Harrisburg university. But regardless, Harrisburg university has like, a pretty bomb team and a real serious infrastructure. Uh, I know I said I was going to talk about Maryville University, but you know now I'm now I'm talking about Harrisburg because uh, they both have incredible infrastructures. And uh, not to mention, uh, obviously they have esports scholarships too, but they have directors like actually part of the school. It's a branch of the school now. Uh, directors of esports, or it's like just like director of athletics, or director of communications, or director director of science, anything like that. Which is what Clerky is over in Maryville University. He's the director. Of uh, you have esports for Maryville University. Chad Schmelz is the director of esports over at Harrisburg University, and they have created an infrastructure that has really bolstered the kind of, um, I guess the, uh, 
the resources their players can have. I mean, they both have um, uh, training facilities just like any other any other kind of collegiate sport. Obviously, it's a little bit. I mean, you don't have to have a whole football field to uh, be able to have a, a training facility for gamers, which is very convenient. You can you can store it in a very convenient spot. It's small. I mean, um, I mean, of course, you have to have some of the best equipment around, obviously, for PCs, laptops, uh, you know, not no, not laptops, uh, PCs, uh, um, you know, mice, uh, keyboards, all that. You have to have some of the best equipment, which is very crucial, just like any other training facility. You need some of the best equipment, but it can be it can be located um, in a very remote area, a very small area in a school. So it's not like a huge, huge deal. Uh, Columbia College, they 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 put theirs in what looks like a shack. But when you go inside, it's really freaking cool. Um, it's just a really, uh, uh, like the mood setting in there is really nice. They have controls for the lights in various ways uh, for uh, the kind of mood that they want. Um, <clears throat> obviously, I mean, if they're playing a game and they want to have the lights down. If they're talking about tactics, they might want to have the lights up and they can control all that. And it's also a nice lounge for gaming activities in general. And they also have some like, you know, just like fun memorabilia in there that's like, you know, not you don't absolutely need but it's really cool to add to the atmosphere and that's that's columbia college's training facility which is columbia college is like really tiny as well they have their neighbors to university of missouri and they like completely get overshadowed as far as like collegiate athletics until esports came along columbia college is like pretty dominant in that that portion of the united states outside of like um uh, maryville university which is like uh like an hour i think an hour or two away in st louis but yeah um Infrastructure is incredibly important, and going out to uh, like non esport uh, uh, scholarship schools, which um, you know those are as far as the top schools, those are fewer and fewer, but there are still some around. But um, like University of Toronto, they used I don't I don't think they have esports scholarships right now, but University of Toronto, um, like a couple of years ago, was like maybe the number one or number two school uh, in the entire world, depending on uh, you know on, on the kind of day they're having. Because and then I was proven too because they actually went to China and competed in the world champion world collegiate championships and uh, I think there was two different kinds and they lost one and then actually won one as well so uh, they didn't have a scholarship they didn't have any scholarships to work off of and they were still uh, fantastic because they had an infrastructure that really cared and they had a coach that was probably the best coach in collegiate at the time uh, named Invert and now he's actually the coach for FlyQuest over in League of Legends like the professional scene so that kind of gives a uh, merit to how much he. Uh, actually, you know, how important he was to that team. And, um, yeah, the, um, infra- like, just to answer your question in a very, like, straightforward way, infrastructure is so important. I've seen some of the, like, some of these, obviously, like, it's collegiate, a lot of these uh, players, um, they don't really, they're not really known in the professional scene. They've been getting practiced. Uh, they they practiced, of course, and tried getting into the professional scene, tried to, uh you know, break through the amateur scene into the professional scene, but there's only so many spots in the professional scene. And a lot of those are already taken and you have to really just prove yourself and work really hard to get there. Um, you know, it's, it, there's a really tough competition. Uh, collegiate is a great place whenever, you know, that's not an option anymore. You can go learn. And also um, nowadays get a scholarship to go, uh, to go play on a very high caliber level. So uh yeah, it helps them helps them get better to get to that stage where they can maybe go on past collegiate. Which um, collegiate, as far as League of Legends goes, that's not really the goal. Uh, you just want the the idea is just to learn and go to school, play video games, have a recognition that you are an athlete of some sort. But uh, some people's some people's goals, of course, is to go on to professional play 
And I think Collegiate is at a system right now, has a system right now that is very conducive of that goal. It's a great scouting ground for uh, high-level amateur play or um, uh, professional play right now. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, that just lends a lot of perspective, I think, for, for, for the listeners uh, and just kind of to what's possible um, and what is kind of really goes into, you know, creating a top program. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, so I kind of I'm kind of curious about your own uh, college experience. Uh, like me personally, I went to uh, a states like, a you know, like a D2 state school, uh, Saginaw Valley State University, and there wasn't like a gaming club. It's like in the middle of Michigan. Uh, it's a very small school of like, you know, like 9,000 students or something like that when I started. And um, for me, I, got, I actually got introduced to, to online gaming uh, through my roommate as a freshman. Uh, and I played, a, I gamed on a Dell computer for the first couple of years. You know, I could only play Counter-Strike uh, on the bright, bright orange uh, texture maps. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't even play Dust 2, you know, like I literally just had to play gun game all, all day long, but that got me involved. Uh, and then I, I started going to lands that same year, uh, but I would have to go all the way across the state, um, to, to even, to even do that. And I think, uh, I think the collegiate, um, just the collegiate experience, uh, provides a lot more opportunities now than it, it did when I was in school. Um, can you talk a little bit about that in your experience and, and what was your college experience like when it comes to gaming or esports? Yeah, man. Um, so fun fact about me, I've dropped out of college three times. I never graduated and I don't know how I got stuck in college, uh, college, like college esports, um, the scene. I don't, I don't, I, don't <laughs> I always thought that was weird. Was like I, I could not stand college. I tried to go and I gave it. I don't know if I gave it my all. If I gave it my all, I would have graduated, let's face it. But, oh, my God, I uh, I dropped out. I am a social hermit. I don't I, – I, it's weird. I, I talk way more online than I do in person because the person I am in person, I guess, just has different interests than uh, the person I portray online, which, don't get me wrong, like, all this is real. My personality is, like, very real. But um, – if I get bored, I can walk away from the keyboard and not feel not feel like I'm insulting someone. So uh, that that that's like, um, I don't know. I, so I guess what I'm trying to say is I didn't really do esports. I didn't really uh, or gaming lounges or gaming uh, anything in college. Uh, we had uh, so um, I went to two different colleges. One of them was online, so that was not even an option. And the first one was uh, Northern Kentucky University, which I love that. I love that school a lot, and. <clears throat> I, uh, they like toward the last like year or two of my, uh, my stay there, I, they, they had a, like a, a lounge for like video games and all that stuff. And, um, oh my God, I, uh, this is going to sound really bad. I, I, I could not stand anybody in there. I didn't want to talk to any, like I tried, I tried like, so whenever I like want to hang out somewhere, I will scout the area and see the kind of humans walking around. And uh, more than likely, I will just go pack it up and go home and like do my own thing because I'm a, I'm very I'm a very loner kind of person. I I I probably pay attention way too much to the negative of humanity, and and little things really annoy me. Which man, it's gonna it's making me sound like an ass, which I don't mean to be. I don't feel like I am because once you get to know me. If you're actually my friend, like I'll I'll chill with you all day. I don't mind, um, but uh, for me, getting to know new people is like hard. 
unless it's at an uh, uh, a, unless it's on a spot where I know I'm going to be that way. I know I'm going to meet new people, and I know it's uh, it's it's good for me to meet new people. Like going to a um, an event and uh and like hue fest i met so i met so many people that i've i've known about in the space for collegiate esports so hue fest by the way was a harrisburg university's like uh um um i guess coming out party for esports i guess that has weird connotations for some people listening to that i don't care but uh they're like harrisburg university's like launch of their esports program was hue fest back in back in like october august september something like that of 2018 and it was a, it was a colossal event. Uh, Overwatch, Hearthstone, um, all sorts of video uh, like uh, esports, um, League of Legends being one of them. So like, I got to meet so many people there that I have not actually got to meet, but I've known about in the scene from just being, um, you know, just research, just stuff that I have to do to do my job properly. And that was that was great. I love going to events and meeting people. That's so cool. Uh, meeting the players, meeting the coaches, meeting the, the staff, directors, anything like that. I absolutely love it. I love meeting parents of players. That's oh my god, they're they're all so adorable. They're they're great. Um, I love meeting people who uh, you know, uh, supportive parents or just anybody supportive. That was awesome. Um, but whenever I'm home, I I, I just kind of I want to like cook and uh, do my own do my own thing. So uh, yeah, man, I didn't have any of that. I, I got into all this because I was curious and I kind of stumbled into the whole esports, uh, collegiate esports thing. Because, uh, cause like, I'm like totally fine, like, um, uh, like watching esports and all that by myself. And uh, that's normally what I do. Unless, like I said, I know it's a place where I, I know there's people and I'm, I'm bound to meet them. Uh, going to a live, a live event is definitely like that. And I'll put myself into a mindset. But, um, yeah, it's hard for me to uh unless I have to be there, it's hard for me to branch out and do that. I mean, I got, I got like anxiety and depression. That's a whole nother podcast as well. So uh yeah, I I man, college-wise, I didn't have any of that. I just did my own thing. I um I didn't feel like I belonged to people, uh people's groups. Uh, and again, I <laughs> I get annoyed too easily at certain things. So um I pick and choose when I come out of my shell, and uh, like I said, live events, and that only that only happened after I became like a, a commentator and had to go to events. And again, I absolutely love all of it. Uh, I would not change that for the world. But when I'm not in commentating mode, I'm just kind of myself. I'm just by myself or like chilling out. I think that's totally fair. I think you're not alone in that either. I think a lot of people uh, prefer, you know, having coming into situations that they have a bit more control in uh, than just like, you know, entering a random, you know, you don't know how people are going to act. Like you said, you walk into your university, you know, lab, lounge or something and you're like, oh, what kind of people am I going to experience here? Who, who am I going to have to talk to? I don't want to, you know, like sit down and start talking to someone realizing it's a conversation I don't really care for and just have to walk away or something yeah, awkward. Yeah. The thing is that like, I, I will, and I, people don't like that. And I know that I know social norms. I get them. I just really hate following them because I, I have low tolerance and I, 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 I'm always in the mindset is like, well, I'd rather be happy than like humor this human. And uh, I <laughs> choose happiness every time. And I'll like, I'll, I won't just will legit walk away. I will usually, I won't even make an excuse. I will just say like, um, I'm going to go do something else now. <laughs> and just do that. 
but again, that's that's only when I'm in alone mode and 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 event mode, commentating mode, uh, fecas mode. I'm totally fine with that. Joshua Quest mode. I'm I'm like I said. I'm like I'm just gonna go chill over here on the couch by myself. And I think that that's I I don't think that that's a terrible trait. I think that that is actually uh, it just shows that you you know you know what you value and you uh, and you're not just gonna say. Uh, yes, to just entertain people, you know, you you have that self discipline to to be able to just walk away when you when you're not, you know, um, when you're not doing something or listening to people or having conversations that you know you find valuable. I think that that's that's a valuable trait to have as well. It's n not as common as uh, as it sh probably should be. So I mean, props to you for that for having control of that. Um, I think it's an undervalued asset for sure. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your. Uh, your professional life. You said you're uh, a bit of a, an accountant in Vegas, uh, and also I want to know a little bit about you know maybe what you've done before that. And can you tell me about like some skills that you've uh, that you've gained uh, outside of esports that have maybe helped you as a caster or as you know doing other work in esports? Like, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so. Uh... <clears throat> So I have worked in esports. Oh, I, I, yeah. I mean, obviously, I've worked in esports. I'm a commentator and, and contracts. Um, uh, bless contracts hard. Oh my god, if I could keep work, uh, if I could do like three contracts a month, I probably would. I would just, I would just commentate uh, for a living. But um, I guess I just don't have that hustle and networking flow that some people do, and that's okay. So what I do is I work outside of esports and. Um, uh, for a long time, I did retail customer service management, and I hated it. I, I used to manage, uh, I've managed a men's warehouse. I've managed a vitamin world. Um, I, was I, I got offered a management position at GNC one time uh, when I was doing all that. Turned it down. Um, yeah, I used to do a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, customer service retail establishments and manage it. Because if I, I told myself, I, 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 I don't, I mean, I've talked about I, I'm a hermit. I like I like kind of keeping to myself, and then I have to get into a mode to be someone else to, uh, you know, talk to people, which is fine. But customer service, that mode is always on, and it sucks, <laughs> and I'm forced to be that way. But it helps me talk to people, and when you talk to people, it's like, oh man, I, I I'm gonna sound really nerdy here, but this is an esports podcast, so whatever. Whenever you talk to people, it's like increasing your speech skill in a in a I don't know, like Elder Scrolls or Fallout or something, and uh, that's kind of what I saw as uh, saw retail as. It's like, okay, I can talk to these people. I can at least learn the ins and outs of conversation, vernacular, human behavior, norms, uh, how to get reactions out of people, and it was really good for selling selling things. Um, again, Men's Warehouse uh, I was a manager because I sold the crap out of things, and I became an operations manager and was uh, pretty damn good at what I did. And that's because I knew how to talk to people and get reactions out of them because I had been practicing it for so long. And I also applied that to uh, commentating, but I also took the whole um, enthusiasm and storytelling things that I learned from commentating and applied it to selling because uh, I don't know if anyone's been in retail and worked it, uh, but one of the biggest things is that you have to have an emotional uh, emotional lure for, which, God, this sounds bad too, that I just swindled money out of people. It's not like that. I mean, obviously they, they came in there to buy stuff, uh, and I, I booked weddings, so they, they were there. They were there scouting me out. I wasn't scouting them out. I just told them I was better than everybody and convinced them of that. So they were going to get a tuxedo no, no matter what. They're going to get their wedding wedding package no matter what. I just wanted to get it with me so I can get money. So, uh, yeah, 
um, storytelling, emotional attachment. Maybe, oh my God, all those skills are so transferable from retail to esport commentating to commentating to, to retail uh, because it's all the same thing. Uh, yeah, commentating, you need to tell a story. You can, you, so in commentating, a lot of people don't understand how much storytelling is really important in commentating because you can call all the action you want as bare bones and analytical as possible. But at the end of the day, if you don't remember any of that, then what is the, what's the point? What you want to remember is the feeling and the emotion going into that match uh, and what it means and how, how that affects the landscape of things. That's a story. And that's what memories are made of because, again, you can get all the numbers in the world and they, they tell a story of their own right. But if you don't put the story with those numbers, then it just doesn't matter. And it's very forgettable. So uh, telling a story, emotionally hooking people, that's how you get, that's how you really get people invested in things. I've tried, I did that so much with uh, uh, Collegiate League of Legends. I don't know, I, I, I don't like talking about myself as far as like, I did a good job of this or I did a good job of that. Cause I honestly don't know. I mean, obviously, I'll be people like me as far as commentating, I would assume, because they talk to me and that's how I kind of built any sort of following I had. Um, that's, that's why you know me. So I would, I would assume I did an all right job at it. Um, I, 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 and I, I transferred all those, all that storytelling, that emotional grasp that I was able to get out of people into retail and, you know, I got promoted into management. So I think I did a good job at it. Now, I, I told you, I don't like retail. I do love commentating, but I don't like retail. It's a little bit of a different uh, kind of a kind of a genre there, but that just happens to have overlapping skills. I uh, I got into accounting because I didn't want to, which is weird, by the way, because I've dropped out of dropped out of college three times without a degree, and I, I can get an accounting job. Uh, that that's that, oh my god, that's another thing. Interviews are so good for uh, having all these skills I've been talking about are so good for like interviews. Because uh, if you can convince somebody you have no idea to pay you money to do things you don't know how to do, it, it's just one of the best things in the world. One of the best feelings. You go home feeling so powerful. I had no idea how to do accounting when I first got the job. I'm great at it now. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I wasn't. I had no accounting background. I was like, why is this person hiring me? <laughs> but uh, I, I'm great at it now. Um, I so. Uh, accounting is like a large umbrella. I used to do revenue auditing for uh, casinos. Uh, now I'm actually in the accounts payable section, which is very transferable from uh, you know casino industry to outside of casino industry. So uh, this actually relates to esports because uh, I want I, I still do want to work in esports full time, kind of. I just don't want to move to California because I, I right now I live in Las Vegas. I love Las Vegas, but I'm I'm willing to move other places. But man, California. I just, I just don't want to. I, I don't want roommates. I don't want traffic. I don't even drive. I, I, I just, uh, I don't know. California. I, I, I fell in love with California when I first went over there for esports, and I thought, wow, this is the place I want to be. And the more I went back, I still have a very fond spot for California. But I guess the adult me now sees what numbers you need to have in your bank account to be able to sustain yourself on a, on, a, on with like. Uh, a family. I don't have any kids. I mean, I have a wife and a dog, but I don't want roommates. I want to live in a nice part of town. And I've seen what kind of numbers I need to make. And I was like, God, oh, that's so intimidating. So Vegas is way more manageable for me on that end. And I, 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 
I have so much work here because again, I, I I've done accounting for uh, casinos and it's 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 easy, and I got into accounts payable because that was transferable to other jobs because I've seen so many esports companies that um, need account managers and I used to work at Plays TV before I did uh um what am I what am I talking about casino <laughs> casino work I I worked at Plays TV as a partnership management uh, manager. And I, uh, there was no money involved with that because we were a nonprofit. I don't know. They didn't turn a profit, but, um, I worked in partnerships with them for a year. So I learned a lot there and now I'm working in an accounts payable, which is just paying off accounts that, I mean, like, uh, so a casino has like so many things that they, they purchase from obviously food vendors, um, maintenance, uh, maintenance people, uh, gaming, various gaming things, which like casino gaming, not like esport gaming. Uh, so my job is just pretty much make sure all those people are paid and that I get their invoices and all this stuff. It's a lot of organization, very repetitive things, but it's all very transferable, which is uh, uh, one of my main motivations for getting that job because I gunned for it. I didn't just like, I didn't just, uh, <clears throat> it didn't just fall on my lap. I kind of gunned for it. I, I let everybody know I wanted it. I busted my ass doing my other job and I was doing a fantastic job at that. And I, my boss saw that. And coincidentally, uh, in the last month or so, the accounts payable person at the casino I was working at is going to move on to other things. And I was like, I, that's, that's great. Hey, my name's Josh. I, 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 Hey, I've done a great job. Like, let me do this. And I'm doing it now. And my main motivation for doing this was, um, to have something that was transferable outside of the casino and with the main goal being esports, because every area esports, uh, company team, whatever, uh, needs an accounts person and i've uh, i've passed up jobs before like one of the things i really hate doing is job searching for esports things and um seeing that i have half the experience and if i was just working a little bit harder i could have that other half and i that happens to me so often which is why i branch out into so many things uh commentating writing journalism <clears throat> interviewing podcasting production video editing and now accounting because I don't want to go somewhere and not be able to know how to do something in esports. That really irritates me. And that actually goes into wrestling, by the way, because I used to actually train for professional wrestling because I love it so much. And our coach always told us, uh, uh, learn everything. You want to be a wrestler? Well, great. You might not be. Go learn how to referee. Go learn how to commentate. Go learn how to manage. Go learn how to put, uh, do, uh, put, up, put up all the production values. Do everything you can. Because if you do that, you will be paid for something somewhere sometime. And that's exactly the mindset I have for esports. And that's, again, why I learned so many different things. And I, uh, I, I, that's my main motivation for ever working outside of esports is that if it could apply to esports, like, sweet, I'm going to go try to learn it and get a job there. And that's, that's exactly why I, I, did a, I wanted this accounts payable job so bad is because I knew it could transfer to esports. Did that answer your question? I have no idea what the question was anymore. Yeah, it did. Uh, thank you. That that's some great insight. I uh, really appreciate that. Um, I yeah, definitely. The the part uh, at the very end, I think, was probably the strongest uh, point to the hit home. Is that really just um, you know get uh, grab the experience kind of where wherever you can. You know, if it's something that you're not super familiar with, learn it because you know you you're going to find somebody to pay you for something. Um, and like esports is still young enough to be the wild west like you can literally get into somewhere that uh, like a nobody and even if they don't go anywhere like you can go somewhere and if you if you like at least learn something from any company that you're in 
you can transfer that some that 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 those skills over to a company that can thrive and uh you can thrive with it so yeah learn everything because you'll you'll land something great um i want to ask you a question about how you so how do you exactly balance your um your professional life with uh the how do you balance like your esports uh experience or your esports life with uh the rest of your life like whether it's professional whether it's your relationships uh uh, well, having a very tolerant wife is like <laughs> very key to that. I can't vouch for everyone having that. And I'm like I said, I'm very blessed and fortunate to have that. My partner is very, very uh, tolerant of me and has been for like 12 years. So bless her. That really helps. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah. Yo. Um, so that's another thing with a good you know, like accounting jobs is that the schedule is solid you work the exact same thing every week you have the exact same schedule every week retail is a little harder uh retail uh it's just one of those things where you kind of get in where you fit in uh because retail your your schedule changes every so often and you just gotta you gotta communicate with both the um uh whatever esports company you're working with or whatever you whatever event you're doing and you got to coordinate with the uh you know retail establishment and, and they're not as forgiving sometimes and um I mean, I'm not going to say you should make sacrifices and, you know, put esports ahead of things because um, if you're working a second, like a, a job outside of esports, that means that that's probably your main source of income and you need that to survive. And if you don't, great, take advantage. Like there are some people that still live with their parents that are in or, uh, you know, live whoever they 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 have a reduced amount of um, of income that they need to be able to survive and take advantage. I wish I did. Whenever I live with my mom, I live with my mom for briefly, uh, uh, like in my mid twenties, like for two years, uh, not two years, like one year. And I built a new computer to be able to handle all the things that I needed to do because any other time during that time, I probably wouldn't be able to uh, afford it. So, um, if you have, if you have the means to be able to not have to pay an entire, like a, have a, um, a well-paying job to be able to make it by take advantage because um, I mean, it's it's a blessing whenever you have that opportunity, even though it might be a crappy opportunity at the time. Like whenever I had to move in, my mom was like, this is not good. I don't want to do this, but might as well just make the best of it because you're here and um, you can do something with it. So, um, yeah, balance, balancing. I mean, that that's one situation, but balancing in another situation, like right now, it's easy. Like I, I work I work uh, eight to four, seven to three, whatever time I choose. Um, Monday through Friday. It's really easy for me. I'm not committed to any companies right now. Again, Collegiate Esports, it's really easy to uh, manage your time in the summer because you got all of it because all the you know, colleges are out and esports is pretty much done for you at that moment. Uh, so that's why I, I, I do, I venture into like personal projects. That's why I started a podcast. And um, I try to, I try to just do those because during the, uh, during the season, it, it's like hectic, busy. And um, you just got to be disciplined with the schedule and do it like um, during during season. I was I had to make like one to two videos a week. And also I was. Um, uh, you know, trying to just keep up with the scene in general while also working a full time job while also, you know, being a husband to wife uh, to, to my partner. And uh, it's just a lot of time management. Uh, make a schedule, do what you got to do. 
but uh, make it work because there's plenty of time in the day and um, there's never going to be enough hours no matter what. So you're going to have to cut corners somewhere, but if you can do it, if not, um, figure out how to get around it because um, I don't know. Esports is a passion. I liked, I liked, I liked doing it and not to much, not to mention, uh, you know, it was a contract, so it did pay me. So um, you're obligated to do it if you're if you're in that position. At least I was. So uh, you you kind of you kind of got to do it, or else you're not only screwing over yourself, but you're screwing over your team. Uh, you're obviously contracted to be relied upon for a specific job. So you gotta you gotta you gotta do it. And if you get into that contract thinking, oh, I don't have enough time, I don't know how I'm gonna make this work, you better figure fi figure it out, or else you, that should have went to someone else because. Uh, um, you know, you want to give your best and you want to, you want to, you want to make sure that the product you're a part of is the best. And <clears throat> I upgraded my camera during mid season because I didn't feel like it was good enough. Uh, my old one was good enough and it certainly wasn't looking back. I'm gonna, that camera I have now, I don't even know if it's good enough, but it's like far better than it was. And that's just kind of the thing you got to do. And, um, yeah, just make time and you know what, make do what you got to do prioritize things that you have to prioritize and uh, schedule things properly like thursdays i always recorded and if anyone tried to stop me i was like i would they better have a damn good excuse for stopping me from recording my 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 video on thursdays because that, that was due thursday night so i would get up i would work uh, until about four o'clock um on my lunch break at work i would go over my notes and make a script for myself and then come home, I would be ready to go. Uh, I would have to get over my anxiety because I do have recording anxiety and it sucks. But you know, that's one thing Yeah, some people have to deal with. I'm one of those people. Um, get over my anxiety. And then uh, once I get going, it's really easy. Just do it, finish it, turn it in. And, uh, you know, do it again another time throughout the week. So and I also had a podcast I had to do for that as well. I was on Fridays, uh, every other week. So that was uh, every two weeks, it was a little bit busier. And, um, yeah, you just got to schedule it. You just got to do it because I mean, that's what, that's what you signed up for. Is there something that you've, uh, tell me about something that you've learned in the past year, uh, working with esports? Oh God. Uh, video editing, uh, recording ins and outs of, uh, like, uh, of video editing and recording. Uh, Jesus. Um, writing. I'm always getting. I, I think I'm always getting better at writing. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, there's, a, I mean, it's, it's more like I, I knew I had a base, a foundation for a lot of these things, but um, just doing them over and over and over again and looking at your work, or at least me looking at my work, I find things that could be better and I just improve them. Like I said, um, my old camera, uh, I don't know. I, I signed that contract thinking I could do what I needed to do properly. And I started looking at the recordings I had. I was like, this, these are not good. This is a reputation of me. This sucks. I should do better. So I upgraded my camera. And uh, that helped a lot. <clears throat> and not to mention, we also had a good editor that made me look pretty too, which thank God for her. That was uh, Stevie. She made my videos look way better. But um yeah, it's it's more like I had a foundation of things uh, already, and I um, I just improved upon them. Uh, this past year specifically was the uh, was video editing and um, actually recording 
how to set everything up, my lighting. God, lighting sucks. <laughs> uh, I, I have three different lights that point at me on a green screen, and I had to learn how to position all that. Um, there's just through trial and error, I learned everything about all that, which um, I still don't even know if I have it down all the way, and it depends on what, what room I'm using at the time. But I have an office in my, uh, my, my apartment that I have dedicated for that sort of thing. But, you know, depending on the light source, or like the light outside coming in, because I don't have blackout curtains, because, yeah, you, I needed those, and I never get, did get them, so I worked around them, and I waited till nighttime to, to record things when the sun went down. So, uh, yeah, it's just these little things that I'm learning all year, um, specifically lighting. Like I said, lighting is like a big thing I learned this entire year. Um, I think I've gotten that one down. Kind of, pretty much. Uh, Photoshop. Learned a lot about Photoshop. That was in my own time, though. That sports. That uh, nothing to do with esports. Now it's just my own time because uh, I I do use art as an outlet for uh, some of my anxiety and depression. So I, uh, I I I really focus on that this year. And I made an Instagram for myself. And I got a Pixel Three, a Google Pixel Three, to take more take photo uh, pictures because uh, the camera on that thing is phenomenal. And added that to my. Uh, my $1,200 camera that I upgraded to this uh, this past year for, you know, yeah. Oh, my God. I never realized how expensive. That's another thing I learned, how expensive all this crap is. I, the, the freaking the freaking lenses, like 150 up. Like, I can't buy a cheap lens. This sucks. But it's really fun. To, it's really fun once you have it, though. I have two lenses, and that's it. I don't even remember what they are. But I have two lenses, and that, that is it. And, uh... I, if I can learn those, I might move on. If I can just master those, I, I'll move on and drop like 450 or go to a pawn shop and try to find one at a discount. But man, I've learned this is a very expensive hobby, but thankfully that's what I was paid for. So I did it. Can't expense it. I had to do it all myself, but that's okay. It's all a learning experience. And I, 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 I really appreciate that. I'm grateful for it because I found a new passion for myself. I didn't know I liked photography as much as I did until I started taking pictures with my nice new camera, because I figured if I didn't, I was going to just be pissed at myself for wasting $1,200. So I started taking pictures out on my free time, and I was like, this is really fun. And I started editing some, and I was like, this is really fun too. I was upgrade, uh, due for an upgrade on my phone. I was like, maybe I should get one with a nice camera. Got a Google Pixel 3. Um, I don't know if you pay attention to my Instagram or my uh, Twitter, but I've taken a real love for taking pictures of insects which is sounds stupid to me but man it is fun i love taking pictures of insects with my phone and i wouldn't have been able to know all this discover all this if i didn't get into videography and editing with esports so that's that's what i've learned this year and it was just a weird road that i took to get here and i found some cool passions very cool uh yeah i think uh Vegas also has a fair number of kind of interesting insects to take photos of, so you're in the right place for it. Vegas has a lot of weird nature. It's a desert, and things are scary in the desert sometimes. You talked a little bit about the financial impact of, you know, of buying all this stuff that you need to kind of produce a quality content. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about maybe uh, something else that you've sacrificed or... Um, like a personal sacrifice that have kind of helped you in your career, I guess? Uh, my sleep. That sucks. I told you there's never enough hours in the day, and you just got to make time. So uh, <laughs> you got to eliminate something out of the pie chart and sleep. Sleep, some people don't think is important. 
even though it's probably the most important thing, but um, you know, it doesn't pay the bills, even though I guess it keeps you sane and alert to, to be able to do that. It's a whole spiral. You can go down talking about how important and not important sleep is, but I've sacrificed a lot of sleep and I don't encourage that, but um, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I try nowadays, I try not to sacrifice too much. Uh, if I don't like to do something, I won't do it. If I don't think something is a good idea, I won't do it. And that's the same with the contract negotiation. If I don't feel like I'm being paid enough, I will say it now. Which I encourage everyone to evaluate themselves and realize how valuable you really are. Because you don't want to sacrifice uh, money for a company to smile at you with a mediocre paycheck. You deserve more, probably. And I realized that a long time ago. Uh, that goes into a story of the riot. I don't know if I want to get into that here because I don't know how kosher you want this podcast to be. I have some choice words for people at Riot, but I won't say them. But regardless, um, it's good to uh, good to realize how valuable you are. It's good to realize how valuable your sleep is too because once the off-season comes, if there is an off-season for you, um, sleep is important. There's this whole notion, this whole there, it's starting to be pushed back, and I'm so glad. There's this whole culture in esports, grind, grind, grind. There's some people that used to tweet rising grind. Like, what are you doing? All you're doing is encouraging uh, someone to be burnt out to where they die at 40 unhappy because they didn't get to spend any time to themselves. Oh, my God. I hate that so much. Um, and I'm, I'm talking about I sacrificed some sleep. But, yeah, I, I, I have grown uh, through that sacrificial uh, sacrificing of sleep. I've grown to realize um, sometimes it's not worth it. Sometimes, sometimes you got to do it, but sometimes uh, you need some time to yourself. You need personal time. You need time to your friends. You need time to your family. You need time for your passions and your hobbies <clears throat> because esports, yeah, it can be a passion and hobby, but after a while uh, you're, you're running your face on the grindstone so much and you become, uh, you become kind of unrecognizable to yourself, or at least I did. And I was like, man, I need to do something for myself. Um, sacrificing is fine whenever you're still maintaining the person that you are, but man, I'm having some weird deja vu right now, by the way, I feel like I've been talking about this for a while. Like, I feel like I've talked about this before on this podcast, but anyway, um, and you know what? That grind thing works for some people, but I have seen the toll it takes on some people. There's one person in particular and the dude works his ass off. He, he does so much and I don't know his personal story. So I want to put that out there right now. And I'm not going to name his name at all. But he's very successful at what he does. And he's making a living, living the dream. Uh, but uh, he had a relationship going into all this. Uh, like a long-term relationship. And, and I don't know what happened behind the scenes. Again, it's not my business. But um, based on how hard that person worked, I could see that if I worked that hard, it would put a relationship, uh, strain on my relationship. And um, I don't know if that was a thing, but man, I've seen people sacrifice too much in this industry. And I, I, I look at that and I'm like, I don't think I want to do that. I'm all right. Sacrificing one or two, like one or two hours of sleep, a couple hours of sleep, maybe. Um, and there are times where I have sacrificed more. Uh, I, I broadcasted something in China one time uh, from uh, U.S. soil. So I was on uh, time over in China and I, I the, for uh Oh my God, literally five, five days straight, which doesn't seem like very much, but when you're doing it, it's, it's an eternity. 
I would, <clears throat> that's when I managed the men's warehouse. I would go, I would go to work, come home immediately and sleep. My wife would have food for me ready because she knew what I was getting into at that time. I would, I would, I would just force down that food, go to sleep, wake up about five hours later, cast uh, things in China for about four hours and then take a shower, go to work, repeat that for five days, which again, that doesn't seem like very long in hindsight. It's not very long, but um, during that time, that's, that was that like five days is a long time when it's happening to you at that exact moment. And I, yeah, I um, didn't get to really spend time with my wife at that time. Didn't really uh, do anything for myself at that time. I, I lost sleep quite a bit, but um, I guess at that time I was, I was a little earlier. Um, I guess maybe it was worth it. I learned a lot and not all, not all of it was good. Not all of it was a good thing to learn. I mean, I guess it was a good thing to learn. That's when I like started like realizing that I should stand up for myself for contract negotiations and all that because I wasn't getting paid very much. Actually, I wasn't getting paid at all for that until I said something. And I was like, this is stupid. Why aren't we being paid? But uh, again, that's another time, another thing for another time. Um, I don't even know if I've answered your question. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I've done that a couple of times. I'm sorry about that. But um, yeah, man, sleep, sleep and personal time. I don't think I don't think should be sacrificed, but sometimes it is, and sometimes you don't know it. And sometimes people go into a mindset with that whole rise and grind attitude. If you have that attitude and you're listening to this, I, I highly encourage you not to have that attitude because it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna deteriorate you in the things around you for something that is yeah passion and uh, a passion of yours. But man, there's more passions in life than just one thing. I always told people. Um, yeah, you're living the dream, but you know, there's more than one dream. People sleep more than once, they dream more than once, and it's good to have multiple dreams because having one dream can get can get draining. It's it's a it's a it's a life that needs to be broken up into a segment sometimes in my opinion. I think that's a really strong perspective. I think that that is important as well to to really consider your your own mental health um as you as you go on, you know, quote unquote the grind. Um I think it's it's super important to just evaluate where you are in, in the hours that you're putting in and um, and how you're able to balance it with your life outside of work because if you're not healthy outside of work then your work starts to deteriorate deteriorate anyways so it's uh they both impact one another yeah you can tell when I'm broadcasting I'm sleepy and I'm, I haven't gotten enough sleep and I haven't eaten properly I haven't treated myself properly yeah, you can you can definitely tell I. I can't I can't specifically cite an example. I mean, because the I don't know, like I, I know there are times that this happened to me, but it like, yeah, it, it's it's obvious. And at the time, it wasn't to me. But, you know, looking back, it's like, yeah, I could have done that way better. And there's reasons like the reasons why is because I didn't give myself enough time to uh, recover kind of thing. What is your favorite part of your esports job? Oh, meeting people. Oh, and I know this is weird because uh, I said I'm a hermit, but man, uh, meeting the personalities in at events, talking to them on Twitter, uh, the Collegiate community for League of Legends and Rainbow Six too, because whenever I started getting away from uh, League of Legends, I went over to Rainbow Six and they were absolutely nothing but welcoming. They were so nice and probably one of the very first streams, uh, very first broadcasts that I had ever done at something new where I wasn't flamed that uh, by twitch chat specifically twitch chat they were so welcoming uh they couldn't tell that i was new to rainbow six i mean they, I mean, they probably could but i had a, a a whole lot of background commentating 
in uh, League of Legends. And I took that enthusiasm, that energy, that storytelling over to Rainbow Six. And I had a very good idea of what Rainbow Six was. I played it quite a bit, but leading up to my time when I broadcasted it, I played it. But I wasn't like talking like a professional, like like I should have. People could tell that I was, uh, it was like I was teaching a second grade class <laughs> because that's all the terminology I knew how to use at the time. Uh, I, I, I guess I did a good enough job where they didn't flame me. And I knew what I was talking about on a general term, but as far as the technicalities and the and the nuance and mechanics, I didn't really understand. So I didn't point those out. I, that is one thing I I, I don't like to uh, talk about things I'm unfamiliar with inside East, like whenever I'm commentating, because I like to hide my weaknesses. And uh, yeah, coming over to Rainbow Six, I had to hide a lot of weaknesses, and the community was very inviting. Love that. I love interacting with the community, collegiate community is so fun because there's so many personalities. There are so many different people in the collegiate community. And I know that's a community in any kind of like level of esport or really anything, but uh, I took to the collegiate community. So that's, that's, that's where my heart lies and interacting and meeting the people at, um, at live events. So cool. Uh, getting to have a drink. That's why, that's why I started the podcast because there are so many people I've known. I haven't actually got to talk and have a conversation with and it's on my time and you know my terms so i'm more than happy to talk and that's that's the, that was the whole reason i made a podcast is because like they don't have a voice uh to really or i guess I, they don't have a platform to to have their voice heard in any sort of form uh maybe besides like two to three times out of the year during a championship game and that that's only for a select few so i made the podcast as a non-scripted podcast to sit down and have a conversation and get to know somebody. The other day I had a dude on, I didn't even, I don't even know how we know each other. And I, I didn't, I, within five minutes of the, of the, of the conversation, I was like, how do we, how do we know each other? How do I know you? I've never, have I met? And uh, we ended up having a two hour conversation on the podcast. That was the most recent one I just posted. And that, 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 that like, I didn't know that guy going into it. And now I know so much more about him. And it's really cool. I uh, I wouldn't have known that if I didn't have a podcast to have him on and just have a conversation with him. And I love doing that with the community. It's incredibly fun. And I don't have enough opportunity to do that. So I like I said, I just made an opportunity for myself. So yeah, dude, interacting with the uh, community, meeting new people uh, at, at events, things like that. That's how you and I met. Uh, we met at a we met in California at a. a th- or a CSL event, and we had um oh man, I don't know what the technical term is called, but we had some sort of like ramen that was in like boiling water, and they put an egg in there, and um <clears throat> and the egg cook. Oh my god, it was so good. Yeah, the egg cooks in the in the steaming thing while you just sit there wait, have conversations with people around the table. And uh, I'm shy. I'm shy in big groups. One on one, I'm like go go go. I have no problem talking to people one on one. In groups, I'm shy. So I didn't really get to talk to you that much, which like whenever you contacted me for this, I was like, sweet. I've been wanting to talk to Spencer for like a while. Like you and I have like interacted every now and then, but I never actually had a conversation voice to voice because I didn't really talk in groups because I don't, I don't like talking over people or anything like that. And it's less personal. I like intimacy, um, like, like personal conversations. So I was like really stoked when you asked me to come on. I was like, all right, dude, I got to talk to Spencer. So yeah, I uh, love talking to people, love meeting new people on a, on a, on a more like, like I said, one-to-one basis. And I'm like, cool. And like, like, you know, like a table for three kind of thing. That's cool too. But uh, yeah, dude, meeting people. Uh, it's the best part about esports for me. 
Well, I appreciate your enthusiasm. You know, it's great chatting with you as well. Uh, and yeah, we didn't really get a chance to when, when, we, when we first met. Um, I think you touched on a really important point. Um, esports has a bit of an intimate environment, it feels like, when it comes to uh, events. Like, for me, the, the moment that really captured, uh, captured it for me, the, the moment that really made me want to get involved in the industry was I won tickets to like a, a Red Bull Battlegrounds event that was going on in Detroit. And this was like the, the StarCraft II pros um, all came to my city, you know, and, and they ha had a tournament. Uh, these are like the top Koreans, the top Europeans, and, you know, one or two of the top American players. And there was also like a, a play-in for local talent as well. So any, just about anybody could, uh, could come in and enter the tournament, which made it, uh, which gave it a little bit of hometown flair as well. Because one or one or two of my friends actually got a chance to go on stage and actually compete against you know high-level uh, StarCraft players. So it was cool to see that. Um, but the thing that I was incredibly, uh, the thing that impressed me so much was the intimacy of the um, the event as a whole. I was able to go as a first time, like this is my first major esports event outside of Korea. I had a short internship there, so I got to see like really high production value. Um, I got to see that in my hometown, so seeing that was quite inspiring. But also, um, just how uh, how many conversations you could have with you know the production staff, with the casters, with the players, with the streamers who are there, um, you know get to share a beer with them afterwards or whatever, if that's your, your liking. You know, I got to have uh, a dance-off with, uh, with Kane, one of the pro uh, StarCraft players, you know, after, afterwards, after the tournament. Um, so it's like just, just a lot of really fun interactions, and it gave me really uh, the opportunity to ask them, you know, about how they got started, about where, where they are in their um, esports journey and kind of, it really inspired me to, to get started myself. And so I think, um, yeah, I think if you haven't been to an esports event, you, you should go. You should go check one out. Um, you know, like, oh, yeah. and I think the collegiate scene, um, these are happening way more frequently than they were before. Um, and it doesn't even have to be a professional um, event. Professional event would, you know, give you a lot of uh, inspiration I think but also like college lands these are going over these are uh, you know occurring all over the US um, or wherever you're listening uh, to I know they have lands everywhere um, oh yeah the uh, University Masters is going on over in Europe right now and these these events are just incredibly uh, yeah just it's a, it's a great time it's just a really great time you should get to one if you haven't been um, and it'll hopefully hit you with some inspiration and uh, maybe give you some ideas as to you know where you can kind of fit in in the industry or something of the sort. Yeah, man. Um, you know, a lot of people take that opportunity to like network. And that's the thing too. So I don't, I never consider myself to do networking. I actually hate networking because I don't like talking to people unless I have a genuine interest in talking to them. And I know a lot of people go networking, which is probably very sound. And I really probably, I probably, I probably would have done a little bit better for myself if I actually networked. But, um, you know, that's up to you. If you want to go to network, uh, you know, whoever's listening to this, you want to go to network, um, you do that. It gets your name out there. For me personally, I actually hate networking. I don't like talking to someone unless I have a purpose of interest for with them. Like, um, like we have something in common or I just wanted to, you know, I, I, I've been interested in their point of view for something. Um, and I, I guess that might be like the journalistic side of me. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I just don't like networking. 
And I know a lot of a lot of, that a lot of esports is networking. For anyone who wants to, yeah, I've got esports is a lot of networking, and I just don't do that. But I don't feel like I have to anymore, and it's kind of nice. Uh, it's a big relief because, like, I mean, I know so many people now. Like, I I guess I just I guess I have my own network at this point. It's kind of weird. I mean, it's like it's a collegiate network, and I know people outside of collegiate, of course, because uh, people from collegiate can move on other places, but. Um, how do you feel that you, how do you feel that you've created this network? Ah, uh, dude, just talking. Well, like mostly it's just interest in like stories and uh, creating stories throughout, um, throughout my collegiate commentating. That's 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 the main way. Like, um, uh, at any time I could probably you know talk to any one of the directors of uh, of a college, like for East, like director of esports at any one of the colleges, and I know I have that power, like. I know, I know I have their ear if I if I ask for it because I've got, I've garnered respect. A lot of it is also integrity. Um, just don't be, um, you know, don't 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 be a uh, a shady person. That that really helps too. I feel like I, I I feel like my integrity has really helped that because I mean people know to trust me. People know where I stand. Uh, people know exactly what I'm about, why I'm here, and um, uh, I think that helps too. I, I just through the years, uh, just getting to know people and having conversations with them, interacting with them on Twitter, meeting them at live events. It's not I, I wasn't meaning to network, um, but after, I guess after a while, you just find yourself that you have this whole group of people that are actually kind of important in a lot of areas in esports, collegiate esports, whatever, uh, because people grow branch, all this other all this other stuff. Um, but before you know it, uh, yeah, yeah you made a lot of acquaintances and um like i said as long as you have you withhold your integrity and you can be trusted then uh they'll they'll lend you their time whenever you ask for it which is really important time that's the big thing is like being able to be valuable enough or i guess uh worth it to somebody that their time is you know able to be given to you because a lot of these people, they do hustle. They do work. They like I said, they work on the whole rise and grind kind of thing. And uh, a lot of them don't have time. And if they, uh, I don't know. Like I said, I guess I've just built up a reputation where, like, you know, if I'm contacting you, it's it's either because like I want to have a conversation with you, or like I don't like I like I'm not gonna waste your time kind of thing. And uh, yeah, good stuff. That's I guess just getting to know people throughout the entire years and just like being being a being like the consistent person in collegiate League of Legends specifically. Um, I don't know. People just know me, so like I reach out. I try to follow every collegiate person I can, and uh, I used to contact them every now and then and collect great great stories. And I think everyone respects that. Like that I I tried to go out of my way and you know uh, put a little bit of uh, emotion, a little bit of drama and like uh i guess uh, i i maybe drama is not the right word but put a little bit of attachment a little bit of feeling into an otherwise you know like basic game of collegiate league of legends like even uh even the small schools i pay attention to every one of them i i if they're on my screen i'll do research i'll find out what makes them tick and create a story and i think people appreciate that because um you know whenever uh Whenever a college is playing a game, chances are their students, like the students from that college will come in. And, you know, if I actually know something about their tiny college, uh, it, means, it means something to them because 
Uh, Twitch is like TV nowadays. It's twitch.tv. It's like being on TV at this, at, 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 for them. And uh, when someone behind the mic, you know, talks about something at their school, it's, 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 it's special. That's just how it is for anybody. If anybody, uh, like, I'm from Cincinnati. Anytime there's something on, uh, on, like, if I watch, like, a show or something, and they even mention Cincinnati, I automatically feel some sort of connection. Because, hey, <laughs> somebody knows that I exist, or my city exists. I don't know. It's just really cool. So, uh, yeah. I didn't mean to build up a network. It just sort of happened. Are there any specific tools that you might recommend for someone trying to build a network? Like for me, I, I highly advocate uh, utilizing Twitter to like kind of contribute to meaningful conversations about the industry and um, in like a positive way, um, you know, like contri contribute in some way. Do you, do you recommend that or do you have any other uh, recommendations? Uh, yeah, no, Twitter is great. Uh, an Excel spreadsheet is great too because, uh, man, if uh, especially during a season, like uh, I, I would keep an Excel spreadsheet of the uh of all the schools i can get in contact with who their players are who their coach are who is who their staff is uh, or consists of rather i don't know if i'm using the proper grammar at this point but uh i would keep a spreadsheet of everything that i possibly could uh information wise and again that's to help create stories i would keep notes on them as well in this in this spreadsheet um if you're in that position the uh, spreadsheets really help out spreadsheets help out a lot uh, honestly spreadsheets help out in general even if you're not in the position great story or anything like that if you just want to get to know people and you want to have a uh, create your own network yeah twitter is great that's for meeting people you got to remember who they are remember where they come from and remember what they do and um you're not going to remember all that because eventually you're going to have a lot of people that you have to remember and excel spreadsheets are really great for that you can uh, figure out where people are from categorize them in various ways that you need to which is kind of weird um the whole excel spreadsheet because then you are are actually like you know, again, categorize, categorizing humans into something that uh, other than they're human, like they're, they're, you're categorizing them into their purpose, which is kind of weird to me. But um, for storyline purposes and, uh, you know, gathering information on colleges, that was really important to me. So I just I got over that, got over my ego and did that. But um, yeah, dude, in general, uh, keeping track of people and especially if it's something you want to do, like um, I kept track of people whenever I was applying for different jobs in esports. Um, I, uh, I always kept track of the companies I applied for, who I talked to and what they did in that company. And that's really important too, because if you remember somebody on a one-off like conversation you had with them and they, you talk to them again and they, and you like say, Hey, you're, you're this person from this person doing all that. Uh, that actually means a lot to them for the most part, unless they're like just one of the big names and everybody knows them and then it doesn't really mean much to them because I mean, well, everybody knows them. But if, uh, Anybody comes up to me in an event, especially if I'm not working, it's like, oh my God, you're Josh, Fekas, whatever they want to call me. I'm like, shit, my heart, like, my heart, like, my heart, like, just skips to be like, you know me? Really? Yeah. You pay attention? <laughs> that means a lot to me. You talked a little bit about having conversations with people that, you know, that you've applied for jobs through their company or like people that maybe you would interview with and having these very personal conversations, you know, knowing things about them or knowing uh, things about their company is very important. I think something that we haven't really touched on yet in the podcast, but I think we should, is interview prep. And I think that you just kind of introed it very well. So how would you recommend people prepare for interviews if they do land an esports job interview or, or any interview in general? Um, what are your, some tips you have for preparing? Well, do research on the company. That is the most important thing you do because if you 
applying for a company and you have no idea what they stand for, what their mission statement is, then how are you ever going to survive in an interview when they ask <clears throat> or when you want to like tailor uh, tailor your resume, your interview, your uh, well, not, I guess if you have a resume, you're already in the interview and you already already got past that point. But um, you got to you got to be able to know the company uh, that you're talking to because um, talking to people at Riot is probably going to be way different than talking to you at Blizzard uh, just because of the mindset, the kind of uh, obviously the kind of games that they produce, things like that. <clears throat> so getting uh, researching the company is a definite. Uh, more than likely, you'll you'll be aware of who you're going to be interviewing beforehand, and almost everyone has a Twitter right now. Go look them up. Uh, if not LinkedIn, that's also a good idea. Which they'll tell, like um, uh, LinkedIn, you know, lets you know if someone's looked at your profile. Don't be afraid of that. You're doing research. You just want to get to know the person you're going to talk to. They understand that. It's you're you're not an anomaly. Trust me. They've they've interviewed like a thousand people, and uh, um. They understand that, you know, it's intimidating. You want to know how to approach this kind of person. And uh, on Twitter, uh, especially Twitter, uh, for me, I like because Twitter can get more personal for people. Obviously, like you introduced me as a WWE aficionado. Uh, if uh, that's not on my LinkedIn, and if people looked at that, um, and if someone, if I, if I interview someone and uh, they have a, they have an interest in wrestling. I uh, I'm gonna remember them more <laughs> because I'm a giant wrestling fan, and having a little bit of time, just like five minutes, to research somebody. I'm out on the internet. You can Google my name; it's easy. You can Google most people's name at this point. Um, that's you know, again, establishing that emotional connection. Someone talks about wrestling to me, I'm gonna remember them way more than the last person, especially if their credentials are the exact same. If their credentials sucks, obviously, I probably I'll remember them for other reasons, but. Um, like if two people interviewed with me and uh, one of them, they both had the exact same skill set. One of them talked about wrestling with me. You're damn right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember that person talking about wrestling with me. It's an emotional connection. It's an emotional hook. And that is just selling yourself. And that's what you should do in an interview. Uh, those two are the most important part. Obviously, knowing the job, <clears throat> knowing what it entails and what it's about, that's always good too. I interviewed with a, um, a, a streaming company called Caffeine. It's like it was trying to be it wants to be like an alternative to Twitch, alternative to Mixer, all that stuff. I had no idea what the piss caffeine was beforehand. So I went on there, looked up, uh, uh, actually went to the website, looked up, uh, you know, their, uh, what they're about is their mission statement and uh, which mission statements are on should be on every website. Those are always good to memorize. And um, I don't know if I knew who I was going to be interviewing with. But I saw that uh, some dedicated streamers were on caffeine. So I, I jumped in their chat and like, hey, how do you like caffeine? Tell me about it. I literally interviewed the person that was streaming on caffeine so I could prep for my own interview with caffeine. Uh, yeah, stuff like that. Now, you know, you could, <laughs> that being said, I didn't get the job. But you know what? I went in there knowing exactly what I was talking about. Um, and that's always good. You want to be able to know what you're talking about. You want to know what your what kind of company you're getting into. Research is just so helpful. So yeah, um, that's that's my main advice. Just take the time, research the company, research if there's people you know you're going to be interviewing with. Research that. Research the type of uh, the reason why you're being interviewed. Uh, I got an interview with Bandai one time, and it was for a community management position. I had no experience in community management. I don't know why I got the interview, but I did. <laughs> 
uh, well, I technically, on, a, on a technical level, I don't have experience with community management. Obviously, like I have a whole community of, of uh, like Collegiate League of Legend people. I've cultivated things like that. I think I use that as a selling point. That's another thing too. Find your strengths. Uh, do as much as you can to um, don't embellish. Don't lie. I won't say, oh man, I've, I'm embellished actually before. Don't lie. That's a big thing. Don't lie. Um, embellishment is good to a point. Don't ever let it cross that very thin line into line and just not being able to prove something and back it up. Because yeah, you can embellish like me. She's uh, I've uh, community management position. Yeah, um, I've never actually managed a community, but I've cultivated one in Collegiate League of Legends and had a following and a, and a recognition. And I would consider that embellishing, but it's not false, and I can back it up. So um, yeah, know what you're talking about. And um, know your know your selling points. Know why you're being interviewed. You're being interviewed for a reason, and uh, you should not take that lightly. And this goes back to knowing your value, because if you're being interviewed, that means you have value to these people. You just need to convince them that you're more valuable than the person they just talked to or about to talk to, which is hard. But um, you again are there for a reason, and you have all the tools to be able to do so. You just got to realize them and be able to sell yourself on it and sell them on it. Because if you could sell yourself on it, you could probably sell them on it. Uh, because, again, um, you just need to know your value. Um, I think that's pretty much all I got for that. Just research and know what you're worth. And, uh, yeah, know why you're there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what roles do you think are most in demand in esports? And do you, do you think there are any specific areas that are maybe underserved that people could look to get involved in? Dear Lord, uh, esports is expanding so much that almost every role is available. I feel like some in some portion of the world. Uh, oh my God! Um, yeah, there's like there's literally everything. Um, which, if there is everything, that means everything is under 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 staff too. Uh, God, working for a startup made me realize that everything is understaffed at a startup. I feel like, and that's yeah, startups are so weird. Place TV was a startup. I actually really enjoyed my time there. I don't regret any of it. it taught me a lot. But uh, I always felt like there could be something more going on. That was always weird. Um, Place TV isn't specifically esports, though. I When I was in partnerships, we partnered with esport uh, teams like TSM. But, uh, oh, man. That's, it's, it's so, it, right now, it's such a great time for esports if you're getting a job in, in there or looking to get a job in there. Because there's everything available from um, production to design to coding to accounting, which again is why I got into it, to sales. You can even do sales. There's um, there's even like if you're like if you have a customer service background and you want to keep in the restaurant business or management business of some sort. Like uh, there's esports arenas that are popping up from specific esports arenas, like these specific esports arenas. Like Vegas has an esports arena here in Luxor, and they were just hiring for a manager to for their establishment operations manager. Like there's everything, there's everything now, which that technically isn't even esports, but it has to do with it run in the realm of esports because you need that to be able to run tournaments at that place. While your focus isn't technically on esports. It's about revenue, keep keeping uh, customer service, keeping people happy, keeping the bar stocked, all the stuff that goes into managing a uh, all the operations of a restaurant in an, in a in a in a uh, uh, in a event venue. Um, that's needed in esports. 
that's the thing. Um, everything is neat in esports right now. I don't, I can't actually say if there's something um, <clears throat> really understaffed because I feel like everything's understaffed because it's growing so fast and there's so much of it growing. And uh, yeah, if there's an opportunity, uh, hit marker jobs on uh, on Twitter, fantastic resource for for employment. I will go on there and look at Vegas jobs every now and then, even though I'm I'm pretty happy at my own job and I kind of don't want to leave it. But, um, you know, I look just in case and there's like random, I don't even know who it is. It's they're called streamline media. I had no idea who they are. They're in Vegas and they want to start an esport. They're like, they're a news company. I don't know what they report on. I've never seen anything by them, but they had a, they had a job posting for uh, esports journalism and esports video content e uh, editors and all this, all this sort of thing. These other companies that don't normally focus on esports are seeing there's money in esports or at least there's something in esports to get eyes on on product and they're jumping over to esports so there's like all sorts of things that aren't even aren't, the companies don't even originate in esports and they're still getting into it you can literally do anything in esports right now just go do it go find it and if there's there's a shortage of everything because it's so it's growing so fast so you so whoever you want to go apply for esports and you got the credentials you got it go do it if you if you fail at one at one interview i guarantee there's like five more waiting for you somewhere yeah, it seems like the opportunities are gr ever growing. And man, uh, nice plug over to Hitmarker Jobs. I frequent that website and kind of just to keep, got to keep an eye on uh, just the opportunities that are available. I think it provides some context, some greater context for you know the roles that maybe I'd be more interested in. in. I shot them out, by the way, and they used to follow me and they recently unfollowed me. I'm a little salty about that, but that's okay. I still follow them because they're a great resource. Yeah, they really are. And some of the content they've been putting out more recently is, is it's really great as well. Um, not too far off from some of the stuff that I had planned with this uh, podcast. So it's it's just a great, like I said, it, it, check it out. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's a great resource. Um, following up with the opportunities that are available in the industry, do you think that some of the opportunities are limited by geography? Because like, for instance, you are from Cincinnati. Now you're in Vegas working. Um, I was from Detroit and, you know, I had to really move to... Uh, Los Angeles to get a full-time gig with esports. That being said, I did get started uh, when I was in Detroit um, working with the CSL and creating my own little Detroit esports blog um, just to kind of buff my own resume, you know, and make myself a, a looking like a decent candidate for other positions. So um, how, how would you say that, I guess, opportunities are limited by geography right now? And what are your thoughts on that? Right now, uh, yeah, I mean, California, West Coast, still a big place to be. But that's, I mean, that's been changing for a while. I mean, even Detroit, uh, not Detroit specifically, Michigan. Uh, what is that gaming chair that's really popular? Racer. Racer is not, I don't think it's in. Yeah, DX Racer, it is in Michigan. It, I mean, yeah, yeah I, I meant Detroit. No, I know it's in Michigan. Uh, I just don't remember what city. But the fact is that, um, yeah, well, DX Racer, they're, they're geared toward esports. You could technically not call them esports because they're literally they're just selling a product they're a sell they're they're a chair company and but they gear toward uh, esports so you'll be in that realm uh you can do that in michigan yeah uh, you don't need to move to california to do that but I mean, of course there's a lot more opportunity in california but my point is is that uh geography wise it's becoming less and less relevant to be in california and thank god because again, I, I I wanted to move there a long time ago, and now I don't, and I'm so happy I I didn't because uh, 
Vegas is actually getting pretty big in esports right now too. I mean, obviously the esports arena is here. There's so many other Rogue, uh, are, are Rogue from um, like the team Rogue. They're uh, one of their teams are based here. We have Millennial Esports here, which is um, like really it's like a Canadian uh, uh, a Canadian uh, company, but they like specialize in um, uh, mobile esports. There, there's like there's companies popping up all over the place, and not to mention remote work is very prevalent nowadays too. The company Place TV, I worked remotely in Vegas, but they were in San, uh, San Mateo over in California, which is like a, like outside of San Francisco. It's uh, it's 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 become so much easier to work from wherever you're at in the United States, wherever you're at in the world, uh, because there's just more the more esports popping up. Colleges, yeah, uh, you talked about earlier, they're college hiring. Yeah, colleges are hiring all over the place. Uh, I don't. I mean, they're they're more specific to a uh, to a specific role, but um, you know what? They're still hiring. If you live in, uh, at one time, I I I almost thought about applying to a place in Cincinnati. It was a it's a it was a Christian college right outside Cincinnati. I had been past there numerous times. They were hiring for an esports coach, like a, a like a Lee Legends coach or an esports director or something like that. Like I'm pissed. I could do that. I don't want to move back to Cincinnati, but I could do it. And I know the place, and um, yeah, it's it's great. Uh, Germany, oh my god, you you you're in Germany right now, right? Yeah, Germany's huge in esports. Like, oh my god, ESL's over there. If I if I recall, there's a a, a Riot uh, base over there too. If you want to work for Riot, there's so much esports all around the world now that um, yeah, you can you can kind of make do with where you're at, almost almost, and if not right now. Give it a little bit, and you will. Because um, again, remote jobs are more prevalent nowadays, and uh, there's esports popping up all over the place. Even Denver has esports stuff. Denver is like in the mountains. I wouldn't think esports there, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure there's an arena there now, and there's like gaming arcades, and to do online work. There's all sorts of things you can do nowadays. Esports has no bounds, the boundaries. That's what's great about it is that uh, you can literally work on your computer. If you gear it toward it, I mean, you're doing a podcast. I'm doing a podcast. It's geared toward esports. Do it. It might not make you money, but it's going to be something you can add to a resume, and it's great. Yeah, there's opportunities both locally and uh, remotely. And uh, in my own experience, right now, I'm currently uh, I've been interviewing with a company that uh, had a really interesting position um, that I wasn't 100% uh, sure about uh, initially. But um, the more research I did on the company, and the more research I did on the position specifically. Uh, I, I became, yeah, like I became all in for it. And when I applied for it, uh, it didn't necessarily say, hey, this is a, a remote uh, open position. Like this is, you can do this from anywhere. It was like, yeah, you come to our office, uh, you'll work with us. Um, and when they, you know, without giving the company a name away, because I'm still in the process, uh, the interview process, um, they, they were very open to, uh, to potentially having me work remotely. Uh, when I mentioned, they asked if I would willing, was willing to relocate and I said, you know, look, I, I just moved to Berlin and I would like to remain here and really kind of set up roots in my life here. Um, and is, is there a possibility to work remotely? And I would expect to, you know, when I first get the job, if I were to get the job, uh, I would expect to spend some time in your in your office to to you know relocate there for a time you know whatever reasonable time you think that is to to connect with the team and get on the same page workflow wise and and then but I would like to within a reasonable amount of time uh, get back to Berlin and just continue working semi remotely you know like I would work here in Berlin and then you know pop off to their office 
uh, once or twice a month, which is in a different country. Um, but uh, they were they're surprisingly open to that uh, to that idea. And I think if your if your experience is is sufficient, if you're you know able to do the job well enough, and you can prove that. I think companies are much more open to that remote possibility. And with eSports specifically, I think um, there are many more opportunities to do something like that. Yeah, no, very, yeah. That's, yeah, it's becoming so much easier to do so. And yeah, that's the thing too. Working remote might get you a job somewhere else because, uh, well, I mean, not, not a job somewhere else, but like working remote gives you the opportunity to move to a, you know, a, a new place, new location where there may, may be more opportunities. So. I mean, like I said, California, uh, Bay Area, LA, that's all extremely, you know, obviously like saturated in esports, just various things. Sony Entertainment. Um, uh, I mean, there's Sony Entertainment has their own esports division. Like all these big companies, obviously EA. Uh, there's like so many opportunities out there. Um, and again, a lot of those, California, but you know, like, yeah, you were talking about remote and having the possibility of, you know, going to going going to work on location, and that's that's great. Yeah, that's um. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah, there's so many opportunities out there now, and uh, very grateful for that. What are some ways that you recommend? Uh, you know, we probably have some listeners who are interested in esports and interested in getting involved, but maybe they're not sure where to start. How do you recommend people gain experience or valuable experience uh, in the esports industry? Oh gosh, uh, this was a lot different back then. Uh, back in a, a few years ago, um, you just volunteer for things. That was the easiest part. Now I don't really agree with volunteering so much, unless you have absolutely no experience and you just want to learn something. Uh, but if you have experience in something, I think you should be paid for it. But um, yeah, hit marker jobs is a great place to start. Obviously, there's there's volunteer positions on there, and there's uh, you know just uh, contract positions, pay positions for uh, companies that are organizations or companies that are, um, you know, not looking, not, they're not the biggest and they know it. So, uh, it, it could be a good place to start. Uh, CSL for me was a great place to start because it had, it kind of ticked all the boxes that I needed. I mean, I've learned so much from, uh, podcasting, interviewing, uh, uh, broadcasting, obviously production value. I've learned a lot of stuff from CSL and I'm extraordinarily grateful for being there for, uh, six years. You guys can find a place like that. That's great. That's actually another thing too. Is that um, there's a lot of circuits out there. So like, if you want to play a game, you want to be like being involved in a specific game. Say Rainbow Six, uh, Ubisoft. They're located in Canada. They also have a a, a company over in uh, France and uh, California, I believe. And they, uh, you want to get involved in Rainbow Six? You would think you'd have to go to you know try to get a job at Ubisoft. That's not necessarily true because you can. Uh, ESL, they work with Rainbow Six tournaments. There are a lot of um, tournaments in Rainbow Six that are kind of gra- very grassroots, actually. I won't say kind of very grassroots. And that's how I got, I found Collegiate uh, Rainbow Six. Um, and if you value experience at the moment over money, there's so many opportunities available for you and you just got to go do it. You got to go find them. Um, Discord connections are really good. There's There are so many discords about... Uh, just uh, in, like are geared toward finding work or volunteer jobs or anything like that, contracted jobs, anything you get your hands on. Uh, producing your own content as well is extremely important, which is why I, uh, I again, I, I, I did the podcast for my own reasons. 
Uh, I'm doing the podcast for my own reasons, my own self, my like personal reasons. But at the same time, it's like, you know, at the, at the end of the day, that's that po- that podcast is going to go on my resume. I didn't make it for that, but it's going to go on there because it's an asset and it's a resource that I have that um, I don't think should be underutilized. There's all sorts of things you can do on your own time. If you can't, if you're in between finding a company or, you know, trying to find a place to get get on with, you can do stuff in your own time. You can write articles. Uh, it honestly depends on the, all what you want to do. Uh, this is just basic stuff that you can do for yourself. Write articles, video edit things, um, make up montages. One of the good, uh, one of the reasons why I got hired at Plays TV, um, they were looking for somebody who could help with uh, some sort of video editing content and putting things together. And uh, beforehand, out of passion, out of just me wanting to do it, I made a fiddlesticks guide for League of Legends, and it got on the second page of Reddit. I put that on my resume, and I showed that showed the dude who was interviewing me. And he was really impressed with it. I did that on my own time, and uh, that's one of the one of the one of the reasons I got hired. I got hired for other reasons too, but that was one of the reasons and one of the things I brought to my resume is that I made a video in my own time that showed me using the program that I was uh, for the from the company I was applying for, which was really good by itself. But uh, yeah, um, being able to make that video and make it on the second page of Reddit really helped. It has had like some thousand views on YouTube, which I guess. I guess I, I, I really don't know the I don't, I don't know what the uh, standard is for like hiring people based on their YouTube views, but it did have a few thousand views on YouTube. And that helped that helped me out a lot because it showed that people were interested and that I actually made something incredible, even though the dude I showed it to may not have exactly knew what he was looking at because it's a it was about League of Legends, Fiddlesticks, and, and he might not know anything about that. But he saw that it had merit and he saw that it was well put together. So um that's an example of something you can just do in your own spare time. Uh, if you're in esports, if you wanted to get into esports, chances are you play a game. You you focus on a on a specific video, uh, one of the games, and uh, yeah, do something with it. Write about it. Write articles about it. Make videos about it. You can do all that. And of course, um, you know, get on get onto a get onto some sort of grassroots thing, um, and build up a resume. Because if you got if you start from nothing, you got to start somewhere, and that's a good place to start. And of course, eventually. You know, try to do it for money. That's that's always the goal. But um, you got to start somewhere. I think that's a really valuable point as well. I think that uh, in in my experience recently, I I released uh, I created a, a like a tutorial video for PUBG. Uh, you know, a game that I've been really passionate about the last year yeah. year and a half or so. And I posted that on Reddit and uh, on the competitive PUBG Reddit just to get some feedback and see what people thought. And it was an analysis of some professional play and some decision making and. Um, the response I got was, you know, it didn't get a ton of views, but it got enough to where um, some people who I know are either professional casters or professional coaches in the industry, they responded uh, and left, you know, comments or whatever. So if you if you post in these communities, if you create valuable content, people will see it. And, you know, that that, you know, the five word response from these people who are actually uh, involved on the professional side in the industry, you know, that's super uh, rewarding uh, personally to, to see that, you know, that it is valuable content. And man, as soon as that hits, you're like, wow, this, I could continue doing this. And then it's just about, you know, that's not even about getting paid. That's just about providing valuable content, you know, st- yeah. doing something that you enjoy uh, and then providing that content to others so they can improve or maybe gain some perspective. And I think that's super important. Yeah, that's another thing too. Is that like, um, yeah, you can have a few thousand people look at your video, but really, it only takes one one person that matters. Well, um, everybody matters. Don't get me wrong. 
all those views matter, but it takes one person in a position um, that can benefit you to look at it and say, wow, this is actually pretty good. And uh, yeah, that's why you should always put your best foot forward and, you know, produce your best content that you have because there could be somebody out there looking for somebody that has your kind of talents that you just produced. And, um, you know, they see that and like, oh, I don't have to look anymore because maybe this person wants a job. Yeah. Is there anyone you kind of look up to in the esports industry? Someone who's maybe inspired you a bit? Uh, Jacob Wolf, as far as my, uh, so like, journal, I, I have various ones because uh, uh, I do a lot of different things for the journalistic things, uh, news things, investigative journalism. Uh, Jacob Wolf from ESPN, that dude is a huge inspiration to me. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Commentating wise, uh, Jim Ross from WWF days. And he was the uh, wrestling commentator, Jim, uh, JR Jim Ross. Look up to him for storytelling, all that sort of thing. Uh, there's other commentators too for that. Um, uh, Mauro Ranallo, I forget, I think that's his name. He's, he's like a very grand. I don't cast like him at or uh, commentate like him whatsoever, but man, it would be really cool if I naturally could. He just makes it sound so good. Uh, video editing wise, she's. Uh, um, I have a friend who does art. I actually look up to her for art, um, like to inspire me to do more video editing in my own time and express myself more. So I appreciate her for that. Um, yeah. Uh, um, you know what? Uh, Joe Miller and um, um, D Man over in Europe. I actually, they were some of the first League of Legends casters. I, I still look up to them because they casted League of Legends. And, uh, you know, Riot is a giant machine and it's so easy to get, just say, well, I can, I can do this. Yeah, let's go and be assimilated into whatever they do. Uh, Joe Miller and D man, they, they, they backed away and they, they kept doing what they wanted to do. And I respect the hell out of that. And that always inspired me. Not to mention they're just great. They're great casters anyways. So, um, they, uh, yeah, they were always an inspiration. Um, uh, Frost Guerin is an inspiration too, just to be yourself, stand up for yourself, and don't let anyone tell you how to be. I tweet about some of the weirdest stuff sometimes, and um, I have a very different personal life than a lot of people do on the internet uh, on esports, and I'm I'm not shy to talk about it with people if they ask me about it. But it's like, um, it's 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 sometimes it's sometimes like takes people back every now and then when they like hear about my personal life and like how it is. And, uh, uh, Frost, like I, I look at her as an inspiration to just, just be yourself. And I don't, I don't really, I don't really keep a filter on myself very well, very much. So I, I try to be as authentic as possible. And I try to do that with almost everything. Even my podcast, it's just an authentic organic conversation. And I don't, I, I rarely edit any of it because I, I want it all to stay in. Because I'm just an authentic person, so uh, Frost is uh, I can contribute to that quite a bit. Uh, um, yeah, those are my, those are my. I feel like those are my main my main role models. At least uh, the main ones I look up to. I don't truly idolize anybody, but I uh, I do I do respect certain people quite a bit more, um, or I give them respect and like you know appreciate them. All right. So to sum kind of everything up a little bit, uh, it kind of like a concise manner. Uh, how do you land a job in esports and contribute uh, for those interested in getting involved? Uh, create content, network, and uh, don't be shady.
That's as concise as I can get. Beautiful. Um, I think that's <laughs> I think that's great. Um, is there anything uh, anyone you want to give a shout to? Uh, your partner, you said the missus. Uh, she's been very supportive, so I'd like to thank her for you know give, giving you the freedom to continue that esports dream. Is there anyone else you'd like to shout out to? Uh, yeah, um, sure. Um, I guess I'm actually not very good at shout outs. I guess shout out to uh, you know my friend who also like you know inspires me to chase my art and all that and um she's actually a big influence in my life uh, of course my wife too like you just mentioned um shout out to you man thanks for having me on that was really nice of you to contact me i really appreciate it um shout out to everyone in the collegiate community who just like who supported me through uh a lot of different stuff i go through a lot of different moods i'm a very moody person and that shows a lot on my twitter sometimes i i just let everything out there and that's not always healthy for uh for my for me as far as my following goes um i don't regret any of it anything i ever tweet but um i know i know some of it can be uh <laughs> uh what is the word um it could be a bit much sometimes especially when i'm like on a rant about something stupid riots done i can really uh i can really get going and i know people probably get sick of it but they stick with me so shout out to all my uh you know Collegiate followers and uh, family and community out there on the that have uh, stuck with me through my my weird tweets and uh, continue to be one of the big reasons why I am still in this space because I'm probably I'm actually I I mentioned earlier have different dreams I I'm happy living another dream but um, you know people rely on me here and I'm I'm happy to reciprocate. Josh, where can people find you on social media or uh, where can people hear, listen to your casting? Uh, casting, if, oof, uh, if go to CSL's archives. Uh, there's YouTube, youtube.com slash CSL. I'm probably on there somewhere. Um, dude, I, I don't really cast anymore. I don't really broadcast too much anymore, but I do podcast. You can uh, follow me at the, uh, the Collegiate Esport. It's also linked on my Twitter, twitter.com slash Fekes, P-H-E-Q-E-S. Go give all of my podcasts a listen. Like I said, it's probably just going to be a podcast. There's some news bits on there right now, but I'm probably just going to make it a straight straight up podcast. So, uh, yeah, go give me a follow, like, share, subscribe, leave a comment in the comment section below, please. Josh, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, it's been a pleasure listening about your journey and uh, you know, and about you know your unique experience in the industry. So thank you. Yeah, thank thank you very much for having me on, Spencer. It was great finally talking to you, man. I'm sure it's just going to be the first of many conversations. There you go, man. Have a good night, dude. You as well. Thank you. I want to thank you all for listening. And at the end of the day, this podcast is a resource for you. So if you would like to hear more about a certain topic or profession in the industry, definitely reach out and let me know. You can find me on Twitter at WhatTheMeta or by searching for Not Spencer across all social media. Thanks again. Now go crush it.